Rose, Jasmine, Fresh Bed Sheets, Whole Foods Pizza, and Hair after it's been freshly shampooed. These are a few of the favorite smells of my next guest, Katie Kyleen <laughs> Sabagian. Katie, hi. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, it's wonderful to be here. And did I say your name correctly? Yes, Katie Kyleen Sabagian, you did. Yes, I love that. You are a spiritual psychologist. What is that? <laughs> Get ready for the real estate show that takes you across the barriers and into the danger zone. That bitchin' real estate podcast with your host, Tenacious T. Uh, um, you know, it's um, I, I say psychologist because I'm a lover of the psyche. I mm -hmm. love everything about who we are, the way we're built, our structure. Um, but I don't look at things um, in the traditional sense. I look at them with spiritual eyes. So that's why I call myself a spiritual psychologist. And, you know, it's it's we're in a very strange time. <laughs> you know, there's a little pandemic and some different things going on. There has been a rise, it feels like, in more people finding interest in spiritual psychology, spiritual works, spiritual studies. But for you, that came on really early in life. Yes, it did. Um, I It came on when I wasn't even 20 yet. I was still in my teenage years. Mm -hmm. um, and I always had a fascination for the unseen world. I would had, always had a fascination for the supernatural, for uh, mysticism, for things of that nature. Uh, I always had a hunger to know that there's more to life than just eating and sleeping and yes. paying our bills. So it started from a very young age for me. And you were not born here, correct? No, I was born in England, mm -hmm. um, but I lived in the Middle East for most of my life. Wow. And I am Persian. I am uh, from the Middle East. Well, you're a gorgeous Persian, I might say. <laughs> Thank you. So you're a teenager and you've been thinking about the different spiritual aspects of life. But what is your earliest memory of even being touched by spirit or the curiosity thereof? Ooh, uh, that's really tricky because I don't have too much memory from my childhood. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you the memory that really put me on path to spirituality and really making this a lifestyle and a career. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember my earliest memory. I, I would really have to rack my brain there. Was there a book? Was there a story? Was there a movie that you really felt you had to keep watching or reading over and over? Uh, I, I loved books. In fact, when I was younger, I was spiritually book smart. Mm -hmm. And I say spiritually book smart because, you know, you read all the books, but you have no practical ex experience in life at all yet. So right. uh, I love the book Conversations with God. That's like my spiritual Bible. Oh, repeat that so people yeah. that are listening and not viewing. Can... Yes. Uh, Conversations with God is... Um, it's a three-part book, and it's all about who God really is. Wow. And I found that so fascinating. But what really actually pushed me onto the path uh, was when I was, I think, around 17 years old. Mm -hmm. I... Um, it, it's a little graphical. No, it's if okay. you want to hear I've the story. Heard this, I've heard okay. the story, but whatever you're comfortable sharing, I, it, I, I think it's really important for people to understand that at times— Something severe has to happen in your life in order to push you. 
and this was severe for me. So, you know, I, I come from a Middle Eastern family and it's no sex until marriage. Um, you know, it's very religious, very strict um, mm -hmm. Muslim background. And so when I was around, I think, 17 years old, one day, I remember looking down at my vaginal area and seeing these dots. And I thought to myself, my goodness, where are these coming from? Right. Are, you know, are they like coming from shaving or, you right. know, what's going on here? <laughs> and then after a while, they start to grow into these very weird growths. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't tell my mom. Yeah. Um, uh, because I was sexually active at the time mm -hmm. and I was hiding it from the whole family and I couldn't I definitely couldn't tell my father he'd just kill me right um, so I went to the doctor with my best friend and um, you know she did tests on me and all of that stuff and a few days later when the results came back she called us back into the office and she said well Katie um, you have um, uh, HPV. Mm -hmm. And HPV um, is a virus that once it's in your body, it's always there. Yes. And I remember asking her, well, how do I get rid of these warts or mm -hmm. growths or yeah. whatever? And she said, there's no cure for it. Mm -hmm. um, you have to basically boost your immune system naturally right. um, for it to kind of go down, but they can always come up again, you know, depending yes. on if you're stressed or things of that nature. And she says, you're basically going to have this um, forever. And I was so distraught because they were so ugly looking right and i couldn't even look at myself i was so disgusted well number one you're a 17 year old number two you can't you have no support group except for the friend and number three who do you have to talk to about this to get solutions and all I'm thinking about is, you know, as a Middle Eastern woman, mm -hmm. who's going to marry me? Who's right. going to marry me? Who's yeah. going to marry me? Because we were programmed that marriage is our purpose to find a husband. Sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I, I knew that wasn't a possibility for me anymore. Right. And so um, what happened was, so I asked her, you know, is there anything I can do? And she said, you can cut them off, burn them off or freeze them off, but they keep growing back right? like grass until your immune system fights it off. And I was so distraught. And then she said, Katie, I have more news for you. She said, you have cervical cancer. Right. And I'm already on top here just knowing right. that I have, you know, this virus. Um, and knowing for that I have cancer was just... I couldn't bear it. It was too much for me to process. And for those that uh, are not aware, HPV, the human papilloma virus, does at times morph into cancer. Yes. And this somehow had progressed mm -hmm. without me Very knowing quickly. inside of me. Yeah. So I didn't even know I was walking around with it. Um, and so, uh, you know, she, here she is talking about next steps and chemo mm -hmm. and this and that. And and I'm just like, I, I, it was beyond me. So I just told her I need to go home. And she said, uh, Katie, you know, before we do treatment on you, we have to get permission from your father or husband to start treatment. Right. And that was just, that's, I mean, I was yeah. done by then. I, yeah. I just literally blacked out. I have no memory of how I got home. Right. And so. Because it's pretty much, a, a like you said, a death sentence. For me, it was. Yes. Yeah. For, yeah. It's like the mother would outcast you and the dad would, um, yeah, it completely kill disown you. you. Yeah. And so. Um, I went home and I'm figuring out what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Um, I was actually in my friend's house, which was a second home for me. And I thought to myself, you know what? 
I'm going to just naturally heal this, thinking that I can do a few <laughs> Reiki sessions and drink some green juice and it would just all go and the away. the cancer will disappear <laughs> magically. <laughs> and I did. I, I went on this path of trying to naturally heal it. Yeah. And month after month after month, Kim, it got worse mm -hmm. and worse and worse. By the fifth month, I had growth all over. I, I couldn't even recognize my vaginal area anymore. Wow. By the sixth month, it started to grow behind me. I didn't even know it was possible for it to grow in all the crevices as it was growing in. Right. Um, by the seventh month, I started to feel this cramping in my cervix area. Mm -hmm. And by the eighth month, it turned into pain. Because it was cancer. Yeah, and it was growing. Yeah. And whatever I was doing was just wasn't helping. And so finally, one day, I looked at the calendar and nine months had passed by. Mm -hmm. And um, sorry, I just reached the ninth month, so eight months had passed by. I was about to step into that nine, ninth month mark, and all of a sudden, I realized, oh my gosh, this is not healing. Yeah. You know when you're just slapped out of denial? Mm -hmm. It was slapped out yep. of denial. And so what came after that was surrender. Yeah. I got on my knees. I broke down crying to God. God, I beg you, please heal this. I, I don't know what to do. I was so afraid. My fear of my parents finding out was worse than my fear of the cancer. Right. And so um, all of a sudden I had this epiphany, like there's just this feeling inside of, Katie, do a healing session on yourself. And <laughs> until that point, I, I hadn't experienced uh, a healing session before. I was just book smart. Right. So you're 17. You've read a lot of spiritual books, educated yourself through books on spirituality and different healing modalities. And suddenly you hear this little voice that says, Katie, heal, you, heal yourself. You do a healing on yourself. Yeah. And I, I remember I'm like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I was drenched in tears. <laughs> I was at the bottom of the bottom. And so I laid down on my friend's bed and I just started to breathe real hard. Yeah. And with every breath as I was breathing, I kept having this one prayer in my head of, I beg you, just please heal this, God. Just please heal this, God. And I did this breath connection thing for around 45 minutes. And at the end of the session, I had my most profound spiritual experience I'd ever had up to that point. Yeah. I felt this total feeling of peace, mm -hmm. but yet ecstasy at the same time. I was in this spiritual ecstasy type state. And I felt the presence of God in the room. I couldn't see anything. I just felt a, I am here. Yeah, like a like a wave of a warm blanket of some type? Or? Uh, like the presence of divinity in yes. the room. It yeah. felt like this, yeah, like yeah. this uh, beautiful presence. And you know how hard it is having spiritual experiences to yes. try and explain them. You it, know? The closest thing I've been able to get to that is at times, say in the middle of your wedding, or the moment you hear your baby's cry Aww. as they're born um and, and in other cases that the first memory of when your mother kissed you Aww. you know it, those are little touches of what i try to explain of divinity oh yeah and it was this e ecstasy like altered state mm -hmm. um and, th and this this beautiful majestic presence in the room and long story short i i let it go and three days later, I, I woke up um, to take a shower. And as I looked down, 
all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, it's all disappeared. <laughs> all the warts, everything was gone. My skin looked normal for yeah. the first, I could recognize myself for the first time in right. nine months. I'm like, oh my God, you look normal, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and my skin had gone flat. Um, and I thought to myself, oh, all this juicing I've done has finally <laughs> hit in and now my immune system is kicking it in. It kicked in for three days. <laughs> it's gone back into dormancy <laughs> yeah. is what I thought. And I had this courage of, you know what? I need to face this medical issue that I have. I mm -hmm. need to tell my father. So my plan was I was going to go get retested. I just felt this courage inside, like I can do this. Yes. I'm going to face this now. And so I was going to go get retested, then take the new results, which were worse, back to my mom, mm -hmm. and then have her be the buffer between me and my dad. Right. Because the cancer, I was thinking. you know, you still have to address the cancer. That's exactly yes. it. And and the HPV has just gone dormant, right. is what I thought. And so I went back, got retested by the same doctor. And and a few days later, she calls me into the uh, room and she says to me, uh, Katie, what work have you done on yourself? I said, I haven't done anything. I'm coming to figure out what my next steps are. She says, first of all, we could not find the HPV inside of you <laughs> because we wanted to test to see what kinds of strands you had because there's multiple strains. Yeah. Um, and they couldn't find it. And then she asked me again, Katie, what work have you done on yourself? And when she asked me that second time, I said, I, I really haven't done anything. Um, I'm, I'm really coming here, doc. Please tell me what the next steps are. And she said, Katie, there's no trace of cancer. <laughs> you know, and she puts both the files and she's very perplexed. Yeah. And all of a sudden it hit me. Yeah. Holy moly, that healing that day was a miraculous healing. And that was my first experience of knowing that with partnership with God, with partnership with spirit, a higher right. power, miracles are possible, yes. healing is possible. And that's what um, got me on my path. That's what got me. Um, and what's interested. really interesting about this is it is hard for anyone to think that a spontaneous miracle can happen, no matter how small or how big, it's really hard to conceptualize that and accept that. Now, unless you've been in that situation, what do you think was the key element? Was it just the absolute wanting it to happen and wanting that connection without hesitation? Do you think that that's what gave you that connection? Um, uh, you mean what made the healing happen? Well, just what gave, what do you think in that moment, having come from books to that moment of I'm going to heal myself to what usually takes years and years and years for someone to perfect? Was it just that moment of I have nowhere to turn. I desperately need you. God, I surrender it all to you. Yes, it's actually a mix of two things. It's a mix of faith, mm -hmm. knowing that there is something out there that really can heal us, watches over us, yeah. and takes care of our every need and has every antidote mm -hmm. to every problem that we have. There is a knowing that, that there was something out there. There yeah. was God um, or spirit or whatever you feel comfortable calling it. But that's one part of the concoction. The other part is 
being in so much surrender that the ego is completely out of the way that in one moment that energy can come in and swoop in and bring about the miraculous for you. And that's why some people uh, sometimes don't have miraculous healings is because most of the time we're not in a surrender state. Mm -hmm. Even as Mm -hmm. we're speaking right now, uh, yes. In our regular, we're not in a surrender state, right? You know, we're in our regular day to day, you know, right. working with our ego and all parts of us together, type <laughs> yes. of a thing, you know. Yes. Um, and the so, ego. yeah, that's right, <laughs> the ego, the problem maker. Um, but um, in in order to have a healing, that ego has to completely be hammered down to reach a full surrender moment yes you know and a lot of people again will say okay ego well you know katie i i live my life in servitude to my children and my husband and you know all of those things but i don't have an ego katie well that even in itself denying of an ego is in a way an ego and what is a simple way to explain to someone what exactly the ego is. So we all have an ego uh, because we need an ego to function in this physical world. Uh, if we don't have an ego, uh, we we wouldn't know where I begin and you end. Mm-hmm. And ego is literally what gives us each personal identity. Yes. If not, we would be blobs of energy. And I wouldn't tell where Kim begins and Katie <laughs> right. ends. Right. So we all have an ego. Um, and So like a garden of flowers, so, an ego is the color of the flower. That's right. Or the ego maybe is the, the vessel in which the flower is in. So it's yes. the stem, it's the leaves, and it's what makes the flower say, oh, you're a flower right there and I'm a flower right here. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of the container in which our spirit comes in through. I love it. I yeah. love it. And so we all have an ego. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens is over time, as we go through the lifetimes, the ego just gets so twisted with so many misunderstandings and beliefs yeah. and programming and then it kind of takes a life of its own Mm -hmm. and then it starts becoming problematic. Would you say that young children, I'm talking really young, babies, one, one, two years old, would you say that their ego hasn't quite been formed or programmed yet? Yeah, so, I mean, when they're in that state, they're in such a pure state, they still bring their baggage from other lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, you're a parent, you've seen how you can have, you know, two kids, three kids, four kids, and one may be so calm from when, you know, she's young, the other may be a total (laughs) terrorizer, you know, from, you know. We're talking my children. Yeah, they're they're all a handful, yes. (laughs) And so, like, they each bring in their different concoction uh, of mixture of things with them from the past, you know, Uh, different gifts, different beauties, but also um, different blockages with them. And so, yes, there's so much uh, you know, it's like the the world hasn't, uh, the beliefs of this lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, haven't really, you know, anchored inside of them yeah. yet, but they still bring in their past with sure. them. Oh, that's so yeah. fascinating. Now that in itself would be a four hour show. But I do want to go to, you're 17, you had this experience, you've, you felt divinity, without question, you knew it was there. And suddenly you were hungry for it. 
Now, all I wanted to know was, can I make this happen for others? Is this, how do miracles work? Mm -hmm. You know, is this just a one-off thing? Can this be repeated? And what is an environment in which a miracle can happen for a person? And and that's what started to fascinate me. And and that became my search Mm -hmm. um, after that, the journey after that. So from the age of, well, very young in the books, but from the age of 17, tell, can, do you mind telling us how old you are? Yes. No. <laughs> how old are you, my love? <laughs> I'm very old. <laughs> well, yes. We got this spiritually, she's very old. But your entire life was dedicated to finding that joy, that divinity, that access to the miracle. Yeah, and and I came to learn that it there's a lot of things that vary in order for a miracle to happen, mm-hmm. um, and that miracles actually can't be forced. Right. And because I only say this because a lot of people are hopping, searching for miracles, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it, it, there there has to be the right environment there. Now, right. can you work on your part in making that environment mm-hmm. happen? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we have to stop looking at miracles as this one-off thing, right? Um, because sometimes miracles are happening in the background over time. Yeah. And if only people are patient enough, right? Um, they will bloom, right? You know. So one thing that I learned is because we have the ego, most of the time we can't be in total surrender all the time. Mm-hmm. We just can't. We don't. We can't function that right. way. And so, um, one thing. Um, that can bypass that is if we continuously access spirit on a consistent basis, yes. over time, what starts to happen is layer by layer, spirit goes in there bringing in the healing until it physically manifests out yeah. there for you. Yeah. And the first time I actually learned this was through a client. It was mm-hmm. through a client that was very persistent very persistent client. I had this lady come in, her name was Patty, and she wanted to learn how to walk without a walker. She had hip problems, she had leg (laughs) problems. Um, I think she was in her late 60s, maybe early 70s, fun, vibrant, positive woman. She made me feel like a grandmother, you know? Um, (laughs) I love it. Yeah, and she came in and she said, Katie, I wanna learn, um, sorry, I wanna heal and walk without a walker. That is my intention for why I'm coming in for a healing. So um, we came in, we put her on the healing table, and she had a beautiful experience. We did a gateway healing on her, and um, she had an experience with her mother that had passed away. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was tears, and it was a reunion, and it was so beautiful. And as soon as she opened her eyes, she said, do you do packages? (laughs) I said, sure. Do you want to do a package of three? She says, yes. She just had such a profound experience, and she got off the table And remember, our intention was to heal her knees and her hips so that she could walk without a walker. Um, And she loved to dance. Mm -hmm. And so um, she gets off the table and nothing, no healing, nothing. So she leaves, she comes back in, Kim, for session number two, session number three, session number four. and every session is beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of energy in the room, there's movement and no healing happens. Wow. Like not even a tiny bit of a relief for her hips and Which, her knees. As as the healer, how does how does that affect you? So at that time 
I was I was taking it very personal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've learned to really step back and realize it's got nothing to do with me. Right. You know, but at the time, yes, I was taking it very mm -hmm. personally. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh, she's done four healings and yeah. it still hasn't healed yet. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking in my head. Yes. And so mm, she was so thankful after her fourth healing. Thank you so much, Katie. This was beautiful. And she left very positive. A week later, I get a call and she's like, can we do another package? <laughs> and I'm like, sure, Patty, but I just want you to know that um, the healings are out of my control. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah. And she said, oh, sweetheart, it's no problem at all. I just love the experience. I want to come in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she comes in. Now we're doing Kim session number five. After session number five, no healing. <laughs> session number six, no healing. Session number seven, there's energy moving in the room. I mean, it's palpable. Yeah. We're feeling it. Yeah. It's not like it's a, you know, calm session here. Yeah. There's a lot of movement. No healing. That night she goes home and her symptoms become worse than they were. Oh. So her knees flare up. She's in total pain. She has to ice pack, heat pack. She was in pain. I felt so bad because she'd had a healing and instead of getting better, she was actually getting more worse. Right. Yeah. So then what happened was um, I, I didn't hear from her after, you know, uh, she said she was in pain. Um, and I think a few weeks later, I don't remember, maybe a week later, because um, this was a while ago, so this was almost nine years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she calls me and she says, Katie, can I book another package of three? <laughs> and now I'm feeling uncomfortable. Right. Now I gave her every single excuse I could, Kim, in the book. Yeah. Maybe it's not meant for you. Maybe you're not meant to do this. Right. Maybe I'm not the healer for you. Maybe this isn't the modality for you. Right. You know, because I, I was starting to feel the pressure yeah. of expectation. Oh, 100%. And I'm not even sure she was giving it to me. It was just a pressure I was putting on myself. Right, of course, yeah. And so all of a sudden she stopped me and she said, Katie, doesn't a spiritual healing happen in every session? Didn't you tell me that? Mm -hmm. I said, yes, it does. She said, why are you denying me my spiritual healing? And I was like, Ooh. oh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I was like, well, I can't say no to that. Right, yeah, yeah. And so she came back in for another package <laughs> of three, Kim. <laughs> Session number eight, we do the healing. Nothing happens. I mean, she's literally getting off the table and there isn't like <sighs> a tiny bit of a relief. Right. She's leaving with her walker. Session number nine, she has another flare-up as she mm. after she went home. Yeah. It got so bad, she almost had to go to the hospital. Mm. The pain was so overwhelming. Yeah. And I, for the first time, she actually had to reschedule her session. She's never rescheduled right. me, with me before, and I felt so bad. Come session number 10, and I'm like... I'm I'm going to do this and I'm going to be done. Right. I'm going to give it my all, but... Because emotionally, you can't deal with it right now uh, either. <laughs> I'm ready for this to be yeah. over. This is, you know, it, because it's always, it was the same intention and there was no relief. And so she comes in session number 10 after we had rescheduled it, gets on the table. We do the session again, beautiful energy all over the place, la da 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 da. And she gets off the table and all of a sudden, Kim... There's no pain. And this woman <laughs> heals after 10 sessions. Wow. And this woman taught me such a huge lesson 
of sometimes we're not in that immediate surrender mode, but if we just keep our intention and stay with it consistently, right. that miracle will happen. It's just sometimes it takes time for sure. spirit to sow those seeds underneath yeah. Yeah. in order for the healing to happen. It's almost like they're going to the root, healing it, and it's like they're pulling out that weed bit by bit until like, the healing happens. I like to think of it as an Olympic athlete. So the Olympic athlete wants to break those records. The Olympic athlete wants to hurdle those jumps, but they have to start with just running. Exactly. And then hopping <laughs> and then leaping before they can really jump. And then even then, they have to keep practicing and going and going and going if they think that they want to reach the finish line. That is something that I very slowly discovered myself but as someone who does this for a living, I feel like your entire desire is to be able to teach people how to access this modality so that they can bring themselves up out of their own pain. Absolutely. Right? So you're, you're setting on this path to become the Olympic athlete of healing <laughs> and <laughs> miracles. But it took you a really long, long time, too. It's not like, again, miracle takes time, but it took time for you to actually learn how to implement it as well. You trained in, was it Del Delphi? Is that how they say it? So um, th the healing wasn't something I learned. Gotcha. Um, the healing actually happened through, after I had my own experience, mm -hmm. I went through a year of using people as guinea pigs. Oh, nice. Well, if you need one again, so no. <laughs> and I basically tried to see if I could recreate the same gotcha. thing. But I, I did go to Delphi to learn how to read. That was mm. something I did not know how to do. Yes. So I did not know how to read people. I did not know how to read the psyche. I yes. did not know how to read energy. Um, so the ability to channel and learn how to read was developed at Delphi. And it took me a whole year yeah. after going there um, to even be able to get a little bit of a something. Sure. It was like a black screen for an entire year. So let's um, we're going to simplify this just a little bit. A lot of the times people think that the gifts come from the training on how to channel, how to access spirit, how to release yourself to that realm, we'll say. But people really do have gifts, gifts that they've been shown. I think we all have the same gifts, honestly, but some of us have been shown how to access and work them. And in that moment at 17, you were shown your gift. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. We all have gifts and we all have a um, a unique structure of what those gifts are. Mm -hmm. So like, and we don't just have one gift. People right. just, you know, it's so funny. Like these days they're like, oh, you're a psychic. You're a this, right. you're a that. It's not like that. No. There are multiple gifts together mm -hmm. combined in one structure. Yeah. And we each have this unique combination yes. of these beautiful gifts yes. um, inside of us. And sometimes what happens is, is that they're literally just sitting dormant in the background. Mm -hmm. They need to be awakened. Yeah. Um, and so we all have them and, and they may look a little different. Like you may have you may have a little bit more telepathic abilities. Sure. You know, someone else may be a little bit more uh, psychically, empathically sensitive. I'm, yes. I'm just giving silly examples. Yeah, of course. But 
um, what happens is over time, the more we step into that spiritual energy with consistency, yes. the more it opens up and the more it expands. And till this day, Kim, it's continuing to expand. Yes. You know, it's yes. not like it opens and then it's done. There's, con I mean, continual space for expansion. Yes. Almost like a business. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so if you were to really be passionate about being a successful business person, and no matter what you're doing, it can be stock market, it can be real estate, it can be art, you can't just pick up the tool and expect to be the best. Sometimes you can pick up the tool and discover, wow, I really can draw, but it certainly doesn't make you the best. No, mastery takes time. Yes. Mastery in anything takes time. Yeah. And, and that includes spirituality, that includes business. And I actually think spirituality and business work hand in hand. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason I think they work hand in hand is because in order to uh, be an entrepreneur or a business person, um, you really have to know yourself. Yes. And I'm not talking about knowing, you know, what time to sleep, what time to wake up, you know. Um, what foods are good for your what, body. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, though those are <laughs> well, so yes, important. Well, yes, this is true. I take that back. Yeah. <laughs> scratch that. No, no, they are important. <laughs> but but the, yeah. that's not the knowing thyself that I'm speaking about. Right. The knowing thyself that I'm speaking about is knowing how God built you. Mm -hmm. What is the structure of the way you're built? What makes your soul so unique? What are the lifetimes yeah. that you've gone through in the past? And what is the foundation of what you have? Have built and what is a turnoff for me Kim is when people give you very generic advice mm -hmm. for your business or for your purpose or your path sure um, and can I share another story oh I, yes I love stories. absolutely yes um, and this is a story of how why I don't like generic yeah. advice <laughs> well do you believe in magic now part two of Katie Kyleen Sabagian and the famous questions Coming up.